Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. So, how we roll. All right, so um, I want to tell you real quick, uh, my message this morning is apostolic leaders that access heaven and transform the earth, okay? Amen, right? And so this is what God is doing in the earth. I had a dream about a year ago, and uh, in the dream, uh, Jesus was standing on my the words of my Bible in Revelation um, chapter one, verse 17, where he said, I'm the beginning and the end. And, and as he was standing there, his eyes were like fire. And he said this to me, I'm not who they think I am. And, um, and so in that, I knew what he was doing. And uh, I, you know, through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, the Lord was telling me, I'm about to shift my people. I'm about to shift my church. I'm about to shift my leadership. So I really want to talk to you about the leadership of the church today. All right. So, dun, 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 dun. so the Lord told us to pray on earth as it is in heaven, right? All right. So our life in prayer or our life in communion or our life in Christ, in the kingdom, is on earth as it is in heaven, not on earth as it is in earth. I mean, right? So you have a particular reality that goes on in your world while you're on the earth. But there is a higher reality that goes on in heaven. And Jesus came when he died at the cross. What he did is he's like, hey, look, I gave you this key. You open the door. The door that I opened is to access heaven. Access what in heaven? Everything that's there. What is there? Everything that you need to fulfill the story that God's already written for you from the beginning of time. Your story was written. There are, you have a book. Most people get to heaven. They stand before the father and he opens the book going, wow, there's so much here that you didn't accomplish. There's so many blessings. There's so many resources. There's so many miracles that you didn't even tap into because you weren't reading along the lines of your book. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I want to talk to you about, because here's the thing about the body of Christ. The body of Christ is going to go as far as the leadership goes. Have y'all heard about the law of the lid? You know, John Maxwell, the law of the lid? You're only going to go as high as that man or woman and the leadership that, that is over you. So there's a lid that's been on the body of Christ. Do you know what's available to you? A lot of us have only known what's available because of what we're being told. God is preparing his end-time leaders and has been in caves over the last 20, 30 years. They're now coming out of these caves with both word and spirit. They're going to come out with both word and spirit and the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. They are going to come out like bold lions, not like intimidated sheep. When Jesus stepped onto the scene, he announced his ministry in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty of the cap, uh, to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
Think about that scene for a minute. He walks over and he grabs the scroll of Isaiah from chapter 61. He unfolds it before the Pharisees and he said, this day, this is now fulfilled. I have come to shift and change the expression of the way that you have connected with me from the beginning of time. Jesus once again is saying to his church, I am coming through my leaders and I am shifting the very expression of Christianity in this generation. At the end of his ministry, he told us what this would look like for us. He said in Mark 16, verse 15, and then he told them, go out and in, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. This is out of the New Living Translation. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe, say believe, believe. will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with, sa- with safety. Praise the Lord. Who knew that was a thing? And if they drink anything poisonous, it will not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So if I stand here, if the leadership of the body of Christ stands before God's people every Sunday and they preach a message without the demonstration of power, what they're saying to you is in concept only. Because I can tell you about the concept of healing because the word tells me about it. But I've never, if I've never actually healed anyone, how am I testifying? Okay? Prophecy is not a concept. Healing is not a concept. Deliverance is not a concept. And feeding the 5,000 is not a concept. How can I teach you how to get money out of heaven like Heidi Baker said? I never ask anybody. I just ask God. And he gives it to me because I know how to get money out of heaven. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. Now, let me tell you something. Here's the thing. You start understanding sowing and reaping and the kingdom way, and you start walking in the kingdom way, guess what's going to happen? Your neighbor's going to be like, you know, I don't see you working as hard as I do, but I sure see you prospering more than I am. Tell me about your God. Let me tell you what. My God is a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The silver and the gold is his. Now, you know, the the cattle on a thousand hills doesn't always apply today because we're like, but the gold and the silver does. Again, you're waiting on God, and God is saying, I already did it. I took the key. I opened the door. The door is open. You got to go and get it for yourself because everything in heaven is now available. You've got to read the book, follow the ones who know how to get money out of heaven. Now, this isn't about money, but what is it? It is about the kingdom, because the kingdom needs to be supported. The, the, the body of Christ should own CNN. Can I get an amen? We should be the ones building hospitals to, to, to heal people through natural methods. 
We should be the ones that own every seven mountain out there. All right. So training is a lot different than teaching. If I teach you something but never show you, then my words remain in concept only. Right? We have to have testimonies. I have to have a testimony. You have to have a testimony. All right, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? It means this. Testimony of Jesus should have evidence of heaven touching earth. Because if I say something to you, what happens is you get it here. But if I show something to you, what happens is you get it here. It becomes revelation. Revelation is going to shift something in your heart that will begin to change how you feel, how you think, and how you act. 1 Corinthians 1.17. For Christ sent me not just to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Paul understood about this both word and spirit activity. Jesus is our example of the leadership in the kingdom. He took the things in heaven and he brought them to earth. And so he would teach. He said, I want you to preach the gospel, the gospel of salvation. No, salvation is merely a key that opens the door. The kingdom is the door and what's behind the door, okay? And so he says, I I have come with the gospel of the kingdom, preach the gospel of the kingdom and then show them the gospel of the kingdom. That's what Jesus did. I'm gonna tell you, I'm going to show you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to demonstrate it to you. And he kept saying over and over, every single time someone was healed, delivered of a demon, he prophesied to him. He raised the dead. He's saying, thus the kingdom has now come upon you. And he said, now, first time, what did he say? Out of his mouth, the very first thing before he even read uh, uh, Luke 4.18, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you think. There is, there are resources. We are not supposed to be beggars. We are not supposed to be sick. We are not supposed, we're supposed to be handling snakes. Now, I don't personally handle snakes, but if any of you are snake handlers or whatever, but you know what I mean? So we're going to, we're supposed to be able to handle dangerous things and it doesn't come near us. It is our promise. So then what did he do after he did it? He was like, I'm teaching it. I'm showing it. I'm teaching it. I'm showing it. This is the Hebraic way of teaching. The, Hebrew, the Greek way, the Greeks, what would they do? They would teach. Okay, I'm going to teach you. I want you to memorize everything that I'm teaching you. I want you to memorize it, okay? Memorizing is good. Teaching is good. Look, I'm not mocking teaching, but I'm saying that te- that. God trained them in the Hebraic model, which enabled them to then step into it. So what did he do? He spent a little time teaching and training them. So, you know, I'm going to give you a little time to get some of this, to begin to digest it, right? Assimilate it within your spirit and your mind. Now, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to send you guys out and I want you to do it. This is before the Holy Spirit was poured out. And he laid hands on them and anointed them with the Spirit, 
It had not been poured out yet, but Jesus himself laid hands on them, and he said, in my name, now I want you to go do what I did. Guys, I'm telling you something. This whole thing about I'm going to spend 10 to 20 years listening to somebody teach me, but yet I never actually do it is insanity. It took the disciples three years to be activated. It should take us three years. It takes a fruit tree three years to begin to produce fruit. You should be, you sit at the feet of Jesus for three years, and then you should be activated. You're ready to go. And do what? Multiply. So you then get your 12, and you begin to teach them and train them, and then send them out. That's how we take the kingdom. That's how we make this earth the footstool for Jesus. Amen? Okay, so Paul took care to warn the church about the continuing mixture of the systems of the world creeping into the system of the kingdom. He warned the church about different doctrines being accepted. Okay? 1 Corinthians 4, 14 through 20. He said this to them. He said, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, who will remind you of my ways in Christ. And so as a leader of God's church, he is saying to them, look, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Christ is our example, and he showed us what leadership looks like. And he said this, but I come, where am I? Um, 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 for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills. And I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power for the kingdom is not in word, but in power. Okay, I want to read that part again. I want to read verse 19, but now in the New Living Translation. He said this, but I will come and soon if the Lord lets me, and then I will find out whether these arrogant people just give pretentious speeches or whether they really have God's power. (laughs) Oh, Paul. Jesus called the leadership of his people Pharisees. Well, the Pharisees, then he called them, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. That word means you're actors. You're, you're, you're saying one thing, but you're not doing it. You're preaching a word, but the word is not, it's not coupled with power. Therefore, you guys are hypocrites. And he says this in Matthew 23, Uh, Verse 13, he says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves, and you don't let others enter either. I mean, listen, 
I'm telling you, man, I love the word. I love the word. I love the word with all my heart. I love the revelation of the word. And I love to hear a good message, the revelation of the word. But if that just leaves me walking out of building going, man, that was good. That was good. Wasn't that good? That was so good. But yet I'm still limping as I walk out. Power. America is dying for Jesus to show up because they know somewhere in their heart that he's supposed to have power to heal their brokenheartedness, to get rid of their depression, to heal their sickness, to, 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 to help them live their lives. That's who Jesus is supposed to be. And he's, they're looking at the church and they're like, you guys, this is just behavior management. I mean, you're using the principles and the word to just kind of rein you in, but it actually has no power because you look just like us. And in fact, you've started to entertain everybody just like we entertain people. You're putting on a show, but there's actually no power. And you're not teaching your people how to operate in power. These apostolic leaders that are here and are coming will preach holiness, not a hyper-grace gospel that is centered around self, but is centered around Christ. So there are several gospels out there. The gospel of the kingdom that Jesus and his apostles preached is 100% supernatural. It is a supernatural kingdom that rules over earthly realities and produces a hundredfold fruitfulness in holiness your internal life, 100% fruitfulness in the character, in the nature that is worked within us. It is 100% fruitfulness in the power of God and the external power of healing the sick, casting out demons. I mean, they should see us coming into Walmart and go, oh, here they come. Somebody's about to get saved. Or people the word gets out and they know, well, she shops on Mondays around 10 a.m., so we need to make sure to be there because she'll heal you if you're sick. There is ultimate freedom and a beautiful story in this gospel that is more than you can hope or imagine. If you can, if you can imagine all that God has for you, then it's probably not God. He's saying to you, you have no idea the glory, the freedom, the love, the joy, the, 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 the miracles of your life that you're going to experience through my kingdom. And it's all in heaven. It's all in heaven. That's the beautiful part. It's still there. You're still alive. It's still available. Right? All right. Now, another kind of doctrine is the doctrine of the Nicolaitans that is mentioned in Revelation 2. This is a hyper-grace doctrine that keeps people trapped in a, in a uh, cycle or patterns of sin so they can't get out. They, they are trapped and they feel wounded. And that's where, you know, the church comes in and says, okay, well, we're going to help you with that. And it basically involves a lot of willpower. But Jesus said, no, no, my grace is sufficient for everything you need. 
My grace is sufficient. And so when I see patterns of sin, I'm like, all right, let's talk about your prayer life for a minute. Let's talk about how much time you're praying. Let's talk about how much time you're in the word. Because here's the thing about grace. Jesus said in Matthew 5, when he was talking about the the, um, um, Sermon on the Mount, he was going in and he was like, listen, in the law, the law says do not commit adultery, but I'm telling you, In my kingdom, I'm saying to you, if you even look at a woman with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. And they're like, whoa. What? And he's like, yeah, but listen, here's the good news. My grace is going to enable you to overcome all of this. So you will be strengthened to overcome Oh, Jesus, it's true. Jude said this in chapter four, verse, uh, chapter one, verse four. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. It is, grace is not given to us so that we can sin. It's so, it empowers us so that we don't. And we won't even want to. You see, these these messengers, these leaders of God's church that are rising up, what's happening to them is they are going to begin to, they're going to walk in so much power that as you come into a place like this, just like with Sandy, she came into what? The glory. The glory healed her. You come in these, God has been, has prepared these places that are houses of, of worship and prayer where they've been digging wells for, we've been here for 13 years digging this well of prayer and worship, prayer and worship, prayer and worship. So now what's happening is the power of God is here and present for those to begin to overcome. So when you come into the prayer room, what happens is you will encounter him at levels that will wreck your heart. And you will realize there's something available to you that's so much greater than that lesser lever of sin and immorality. And you're like, God, just give me all I need. And he'll lead you into repentance. He, and it, it will be a godly sorrow. It will be a repentance that is a godly turning where you, you rend your heart before the Lord and you say, I'm done. I'm done with idolatry. I'm done with the lesser lovers. I have to have you in this way. Or there's the gospel about living your best life today based on principles of the Bible alone. This gospel is a self-centered gospel that is about keeping you in comfort, carnality, idolatry, and the abuse of finances. Do y'all still love me? See, there is a substance that's hoped for that is in heaven. 
and those who know how to access this and to bring it into the earth, your earthly situation, it will change your future and it will change your condition and it will change your situation. I talk to people all the time and they, they, and I see people that I knew 20 years ago and they were in a dire situation 20 years ago. And I, and so then, you know, catch up. How are you? What's going on? They're in the same place. Just waiting for God to break through. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, that happened already. If you need a breakthrough, I'm telling you. Now, I understand wilderness seasons. But if a wilderness season lasts more than a season, then we need to talk. Because... And I, and I say that, I say that with the greatest amount of humility because my, I have been sifted like wheat for how long, babe? Like 15 years. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not going to say that. <laughs> but I mean, John and I have just been like, we're crawling to the finish line with victory and joy. But still, we say, you know, God has really done a, a beautiful work in our hearts and we keep hanging on to the word of God, but we've learned so much about how to live in the kingdom, and we've found keys in the kingdom that, that now you don't have to go through what we've been through. You can just take advantage of the keys that we've learned about kingdom. Does that make sense? You know, when, when, when David's mighty men decided to follow him, there was something within them that said, man, I want to kill a giant. And so what did they have to do? Well, you, if you want to kill a giant, you got to go find a, a giant killer. i got to follow that guy because he knows how to kill giants. That guy, like, he slayed 10,000 men. Are you kidding me here? Well, that didn't happen through his natural strength, you know? I mean, it's not like he was, he wasn't Thor, right? He's just this little Jewish guy ruddy Jewish guy, you know, and he's out with the sheep. He's not pumping iron. He's the harp player. I mean, right? But what happened? Something supernatural on that guy. And they're like, he's tapped into something and we need to imitate him just like Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So the body of Christ has to start discerning, not just the day that we're living in, not just about all the lies and deception that the enemy's throwing at us, but they need, we need to start discerning about the leadership of the body of Christ. Is what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing the same thing? Again, God is looking for a bridal army. Hopefully, you will not submit yourself to generals that say, hey, I want to train you. I've never actually been in battle myself, but I, I have studied the art of war, and I, and I can tell you that I know all about the strategies of every battle that has ever been won, and I can tell you all about it. Now, uh, I haven't actually been in battle myself, but follow me because I know all about 
the strategy. You're like, oh, man. You know, I think I'm going to go over here to General Patton, who actually has won and been victorious in several battles. I'm going to follow him into battle because I don't want to get killed. I want to actually be victorious myself. Do you hear what I'm saying? All right, one more metaphor. Are you guys good? So if you want to learn how to cook, and I'm like, let me show you this recipe book. Look at all these recipes. Let me teach you how to measure, okay? Let me teach you about the measurements. Let me teach you about the different cuts of meat. Let me teach you about how to marinate it, okay? Let me teach you about all of the different, here's all of the different glossary uh, items and the glossary uh, names of all of the different ways that, and you can memorize this, by the way. You should memorize this so when you do get in the kitchen, you can, you'll know how to do it. Now, I've never actually cooked a meal, but I want you to trust me to cook for you. Because I've been, I've been studying this recipe book and I've been, and I've been telling about this, all of these, you see where I'm going here, people. Amen. Get in the kitchen with someone that knows how to cook. You know, the longer that you cook, you know you don't have to measure things anymore. You just eyeball it. Can I get an Amen. You're like, okay, so here's the deal. I've been praying now for, I don't know, 20 years. We've had this house of prayer. And at first, man, it was hard. Now, let me tell you something. I could prophesy because it's a gift. The gifts of God are irrevocable. You could prophesy. You can heal the sick. You can do all that. These are gifts. But what happened is that my own heart was dark and so I had no character to back up what God was doing and I can tell you that if the glory had come to me when I was in that state it would have destroyed me it would have destroyed my marriage it would have destroyed my ministry because I would have thought it's all about me and I would have laid hold of something that I had no right in touching. Okay? The glory is, it goes to Jesus and him alone. And so God is looking for leadership in his church that are humble, repentant. They bow before the porch and the altar. Their main priority is to minister to him. All right? And so I just really want to encourage you. This is available for the entire body of Christ. And Jesus is saying, I got a harvest that's coming in. And I need my people to be saying what I want them to say, preaching this gospel, and also flowing in my power. So I had a dream um, about a couple of years ago. And in the dream, I saw I was a seed. I was like this acorn. And I was under the earth, and there was this whole field of trees, and, um, and, and I'm there, and I'm, like, realizing I'm under the earth. I don't know, whatever, it's a dream. <laughs> and I see Jesus, and he's walking in this field. 
and as his feet touch the, the earth, light comes pouring in underneath the earth. And as my as my as an acorn, I started to break open and, and my my little stem or whatever you call it started what do you call it? My little whatever sprout, thank you. A sprout <laughs> started coming up. And and all of these seeds underneath, there were, I looked around, there's other seeds here, and they were all like and he said, no, 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 it's not time. And he went around and he began to pull up all of these big trees with his hand and remove them out of the field. And these big trees had immature root systems. And he said, you cannot come up into this field until I have removed these trees because you cannot grow in the midst of these trees that are here. Those trees are the leadership of his church. As God is shifting his church right now, he is doing it because, and he is saying, if you've wondered why you haven't been able to get any height over the past several years, he is saying, I have kept you hidden because I'm not bringing my new thing into an old system that is not, I do not want to, 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 bring, to create my bride. Amen? Yeah, so we're in the new wine has got, can't come into these old wineskins. So that's what's happening in the church right now. I'm sorry if that offends some of you, but I believe that this is the word of the hour for the church. And God is saying to those pastors, repent and turn and begin to do it my way. And he's saying, stop looking at the organization that you have built and being afraid that you're going to lose it if you do what I'm telling you to do. But let it go. Trust me and I will build it my way. Amen. So I just want to pray for you. Why don't you stand? I want to pray this apostolic leadership over us. And if you're online, just receive this where you are. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you. And we just agree for the shift. We agree even with the shakings. Father, I thank you that we can trust you. And you're shaking your earth. You said, I'm going to shake heaven and earth. God, we see that you are shaking heaven and earth right now. And we, as your body of Christ, we just say yes to you. We agree with this apostolic leadership that you are raising up, that we are coming out of the caves. We are coming out of the caves, God, that you have cultivated gold within us, God, in our hearts, in our minds. God, I just thank you. Help us now to equip your people for what you're pouring out, God. We say, bring the harvest to us. Bring the billion soul harvest to us, God. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>